This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Retirement. If you're thinking about it, you probably have a lot of questions. I'm Martin Strong, and my next guest has the answers. How much money do you really need to retire? What's the best age to retire? How do you get your golf score down? Well, my next guest can't help with the last one, but he can help with everything about your retirement. We'll talk to Tyler McLean from Golf and Fraser. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. How did you survive Tuesday's big snowfall? It really did bring the lower mainland to a halt. As people tried to get home early Tuesday evening, a lot of drivers found themselves stranded in their cars for up to 12 hours, while others abandoned their vehicles on the road. Some areas got up to 25 centimeters of snow. The B.C. government now says it is reviewing whether it can improve where and when it deploys resources. Janelle State, the regional director of Highway Services, says the province is looking at what happened on Tuesday when the storm arrived. And she says one of the problems was that drivers went home early when the snow started to fly that afternoon, and that created congestion on roads sooner than normal, while crashes and safety concerns closed the Alex Fraser Bridge, which I don't have to tell you is a key part of the commuter puzzle in the Lower Mainland. Families with an income of less than $90,000 per year can now apply for the federal government's dental benefit. Get a break on keeping your kids' teeth healthy. Families seeking dental care can apply for the Children Under 12 benefit, which pays for dental work from $260 to up to $650 per child. The government is also introducing a one-time rental supplement of $500 for low-income households beginning on December 12th. The Christmas shopping season is off to a great start. Uh, For Amazon, the online retailer said this week that the past weekend, which started with Black Friday and finished off with the so-called Cyber Monday, was its biggest ever. A record number of shoppers were looking for deals amid high inflation. Amazon doesn't usually share how much it earns during its sales events and didn't disclose its overall revenue Uh, from the weekend, except to say that independent businesses that use Amazon to sell generated more than $1 billion in sales themselves. And that's, uh, that's not counting what Amazon was doing. The National Retail Federation in the U.S. says a record 196 million people shopped in stores and online during the five-day shopping period that ended this past Cyber Monday. Health Canada has announced a recall of certain Tums antacid tablets due to possible contamination. The federal agency says the manufacturer initiated the recall because the products could contain fragments of fiberglass, paper, aluminum foil, and other stuff. The affected products are peppermint-flavored, regular-strength Tums sold in a package of three rolls containing 12 tablets each. They were distributed right across Canada, and they have an expiry date of August 2027. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and when we come back, some great advice if you're thinking about retirement. There's lots to think about. 
And probably you have a lot of questions. And my next guest has lots of answers to those questions. We'll talk to Tyler McLean from Gulf and Fraser when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And for people living in the years just before retirement, it can be scary. There's a lot of questions and, you know, not the least of which is how much money do I need for retirement? What age should I retirement or retire? How, how do I protect what I have? And that's why it's so important to get some help from the experts. And the experts in this field of retirement are the folks at Gulf and Fraser. Uh, Gulf and Fraser, you can find them online at gulfandfraser.com. And with me now is a financial planner from Gulf and Fraser, Tyler McLean. Hi, Tyler. How are you? Hi, Martin. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me today. Excellent. And I'm so excited to talk about this topic because I talk to so many people and uh, I'm in the same boat. Um, I have so many questions about retirement, how to prepare for retirement. And there's one question that I guess you get asked all the time and there's no right answer for it. And I'm just curious as how to you respond to this, this question when someone says, okay, Tyler, how much money do I need to retire? That's, it's a great question, Martin. And uh, I think um, some, some numbers get thrown around a lot in our industry. Like you need a million dollars to retire, or you should have 70% of your pre-retirement income. You know, we, we hear that. And I think that's a bit of a misnomer. I start thinking of people that maybe, you know, going into retirement, uh, they're saving maybe quite a bit of their their income uh, from the cash the, the cash flow each month. Maybe they only need 40% of their pre-retirement income. I also think about the folks that, you know, maybe are spending more going into their retirement years, or they plan to change their lifestyle considerably, plan to travel more, enjoy life, golf, all that good stuff we want to do in our golden years. Maybe that individual needs 120% of their pre-retirement income. The best thing that I could think of for, for advice, Martin, is, is starting to look at our pre-retirement cash flow and, and think about, you know, what won't follow me into retirement? Maybe it's the right. pension plan payments. Maybe it's the, you know, the personal savings, the union payments, the EI payments. Maybe you're going down as a couple down to one vehicle. You'll spend less on gas, less on insurance. Start thinking about that and then think of what will I add to enrich my time in retirement? What are those activities like golf, the travel, the spending time with family and, and thinking those added costs from there, you might have a better gauge of what you will need to annually or monthly require for your cash flow personally. Right. And, and here's another question that's impossible to answer, but do you find that most people who are preparing for retirement uh, believe they need more than they actually do or believe they need less money than they actually do need to retire? I find most people plan for more, which is great. As a financial planner, I want to see people putting that uh, contingency in place. But I think people quite often find that they are saving more than they thought. I mean, this last few years has been quite different. As we all know, we've gone through COVID and, uh, you know, we maybe didn't travel as much. So we were saving more. And if you retired through those years, although a very challenging time to be going to retirement, you're thinking about those great things you'd like to do, but maybe you were saving more. Now we're in a different year altogether in 2022 with inflation. 
uh, taking up and those travel uh, plans maybe got a lot more expensive. So it's it's hard to, to gauge. But in my experience, what I've seen, uh, obviously I haven't retired myself, Martin. We're talking today and I'm at work. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're at work. Uh, but I feel so like I. I've, but I've taken uh, many people through retirements. So I feel like I've retired uh, quite a few times with people. And, and I do find my experience is people plan for more and, and end up saving a bit more uh, than they would like. Right. We're talking to Tyler McLean, a financial planner at Golf and Fraser. Golfandfraser.com is the website. You can also give him a call, 604 419 8888 8888 419 8888. And uh, what I'm getting from, from you, Tyler, is that everybody is different. So, what's kind of the process? What's the first thing you ask somebody when they they call up Golf and Fraser and say, I want to talk about my upcoming retirement? I guess uh, uh, you want to make sure you understand their situation very well, right? Absolutely. We want to uh, sit down and have a conversation. If it's over the phone, we can do that in this day and age where we're meeting our members over the phone, we're meeting them virtually, meeting them at their house or in our branch. Um, so it is about connecting. It's finding out uh, there's a couple pieces as we go towards retirement. I think it's the, um, you know, it's it's not just the can I afford to, but it's also the am I ready to retire uh, uh, personally and maybe the feelings towards retiring. It's always that I, I find it's a bit of a crossroads that people quite often find themselves in where that affordability and that ready to retire uh, might meet as we're coming up to those years where you're you're looking to pull the pin. So I think, you know, there, there, there might be that um, point where we're looking at, let's go through a retirement plan. Let's see the, the, the nuts and bolts, the numbers. What is the, 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 the amount that we're working with? What are the cash flows that we can expect in retirement? What have you saved? And what will that look for you in your retirement years? And we, of course, use great planning software, and um, we have a fulsome conversation to save specifically for you, say, Martin, what would that look like for you in your retirement years? There's the other piece, too, which is the, are you feeling ready to retire? I think a lot of individuals, they define themselves, uh, you know, going into later years in work by what they do, not, you know, what they will be doing. So what does the retirement-ready version of yourself look like? And a lot of what we do is, is talking to people about what that looks like, getting them pre- prepared and, you know, to, to think of, what am I doing when, when my, you know, maybe best friends and, and still colleagues are, are going to the office at nine in the morning and I'm still at the breakfast table and you know what's next uh it's it's thinking about how do you define that next phase in your life uh you know how do how what does that look like what are the hobbies the passions and that actually all goes together into a fulsome retirement plan because without knowing what that looks like it's hard for us to gauge you know what is that cash flow requirement going to be through your retirement years if we don't know your hobbies, if we don't know that you're going to be, you know, picking up golf won't be once every two weeks. It's going to be three times a week. Travel is going to look different. You're going to help the kids in a different, more meaningful way. You're going to work at your local charity. So all those things really come together to give us a fulsome picture and allow us to def- define a real uh, retirement plan for the for our members. Yeah, no kidding. Like I, I want to get into polo when I retire, which I'm, I'm, which would be very expensive. I bring that up because it would be very expensive. But it it is one of those funny things about retirement is you look around at all your friends. Some people retire in their fifties, and then other people work until they drop. They just don't want to retire. So it there's no perfect age to retire, is there? 
I really don't think there is a perfect age. I think it's when you're ready. Uh, again, I think it's a bit of a societal norm that we are conditioned to uh, say 65. I was just teaching a class in mission for, uh, we have a, uh, a lot of work we do with Junior Achievement BC, and I was teaching a class in, uh, in a mission high school and uh, speaking to some students there, and, and I said, what age do you plan to retire? And it was interesting looking around the class of people that haven't even started, you know, obviously a career in the workforce, and you know, I, I heard 65, and then I asked them why. And I said, because that's what you think we're supposed to do. <laughs> so I said, you know, it's really interesting to think about. I said, you know, some of you will go on to create your own companies and um, you may take those well past age 65. And because you love to do it, it's what gets you going in the morning. And it's really about that passion, that drive. So I think it's it's uh, good for people to start thinking about that early. You know, it, and it doesn't have to be I have to do it at this time because, you know, everyone around me is retiring at 65 or everyone's retiring at 55. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Do you love what you do? I think that's, in my perspective, that's what life should be about, is, is still doing what you love to do. And if you go up, you wake up every morning and it feels like a grind and you, you know, it's, you dread going in, well, maybe it's a career change, not retirement, but uh, <laughs> maybe you are starting to consider retirement uh, more seriously. But if you go and you love it and you think, hey, I, I still, you know, get a lot of fulfillment out of this, make sure you, you can supplement that in your retirement as well. We're talking to Tyler McLean, a financial planner with Golf and Fraser. Golfandfraser.com is the website. Uh, 604-419-8888. 419-8888. If you have some questions about your retirement, Golf and Fraser are the people to call. And uh, let's talk about uh, your sort of baseline income in retirement. What can you expect in terms of, you know, government pensions and those kind of things uh, when you retire? Yeah, most of us, Martin, uh, as we, we go towards retirement, a lot of us probably have one source of income, probably the paycheck. You may have a couple, um, maybe some rental income or investment income. But for most of us, it's one source of income. You're going to get paid, you know, biweekly or, you know, maybe it's weekly or twice monthly. But it's dependable, something you've you've counted on, and it's not likely. Probably changes every once in a while, but it's it's pretty consistent. Well, as we go into retirement, that can you know now uh, crank up to maybe four or more sources of income, and it's not all going to be at the same time. And some of it's going to be variable, meaning it fluctuates on a month to month or yearly basis. Uh, and so when we think about the the plans that we will likely be considering, the flows of income, we're going to have the Canada Pension Plan that if you've contributed into in your working years, uh, you will get some form of a Canada Pension Plan. There would be the old age security uh, that if uh, there are some conditions that are met uh, at age 65, the earliest, you could start receiving your old age security. You may be lucky enough to have a company pension plan in place something you could uh, take out retirement. You might be able to defer it a bit as well. Uh, there are your savings withdrawals. So this could be from your uh, RRSPs, uh, maybe converting into a retirement income fund or a RIF, which is providing withdrawals or, or other personal savings that you may have, may have saved up over the years. Now, when you think of these different savings plans uh, or different pensions, some of them actually have uh, a sizable difference whether you take them at a certain age or whether you defer them. When you, when you start thinking of the Canada Pension Plan, Martin, the Canada Pension Plan has the option for an individual to take it at age 60, but as late as age 70. So if you were to take it, let's say, where most people think I'm going to retire at age 65, uh, 
if you defer it till age 70, the individual will get 42% more than if they take it at age 65. It's quite a sizable difference. Now, the old age security is 36% more if you take it from 65 and you defer to age 70. So some really significant considerations, not just thinking of what are those incomes going to be? When am I going to receive it? But when should I take those incomes? Yeah, that is a question. And that's one of those things I read on the internet. Uh, one person will will say, oh, you got to take it at 60 and then take that money and invest it. And then other people say it's best to wait. So I guess it's another another instance of everybody being different and you need to know where you stand. And that's why people should talk to you, I'm guessing, at Gulf and Fraser. Absolutely, Martin. I just had a conversation with a couple uh, just over uh, a week ago, and we were we were speaking about that exactly. You know, there were some decisions uh, coming up around pensions and uh, what options should they elect. And they were considering: Do I leave some for my spouse if they were to pass, or do I take uh, the, the the full amount, uh, meaning that if I pass away, nothing is left to my spouse? And I think some of these decisions we start to make when we are probably in our best health and financial position going into retirement, not thinking, you know, putting those long lens binoculars on looking 20 years out and saying, uh, what happens if, you know, I were to lose a partner? What would I be left with? What if, uh, you know, maybe uh, we, we had to go into a long-term care facility that was quite expensive. Could we, could we cover that cost? Could I do that on my own with my pension only and not supporting my spouse? So I think it's important to, to think long-term as we go through these decisions, have that conversation, know that it, you know, when you look at those articles online, they'll often say, you know, talk to someone because your own situation is going to be very individual. And it's exactly that. And, and uh, I think a lot of conversations around the dinner table or around the water <laughs> cooler of what someone else might be doing. Uh, you know, I, I think you should really look at your own example and, and have a conversation and get advice. And that's why you should talk to Tyler McLean, financial planner with Golf and Fraser. Go to golfandfraser.com. And as I say, you can give him a call, 604-419-8888. We're talking about what you need to retire and how to do it right. And there's a lot of factors that go into it. And uh, Tyler is an expert. And we're going to hear more about how you can take those first steps to, to being prepared because uh, you should be prepared and should be ready because retirement should be uh, a great thing. And we'll have more with Tyler and Golf and Fraser when we return on Vancouver Consumer right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. It is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong and we're talking about retirement, getting ready for retirement. How do you do that? There's a lot of questions uh, and it, it really is a, a scary thing and it's something that shouldn't be scary. And that's why uh, people like uh, Tyler McLean and Golf and Fraser exist to help you ease into retirement. And we're talking to Tyler McLean. He's a financial planner with Golf and Fraser. Uh, you can find them online at golfandfraser.com and give them a call at 604-419-8888-419-8888. And Tyler, talking to you, it's, it's almost like you're part financial planner, part uh, therapist, because there's so much uh, of the emotional uh, aspect of retirement that's that's really important. And I guess you do you find a lot of people retire because they think they have to retire, and then 
as the years go on, they do some adjustment and maybe do a little bit of part-time work, uh, you know, and find something else to do. do. Do you find that some people retire too quickly? Yeah, I, I think, Varn, that uh, some people um, may have the feeling that they, they retire too early because, or, or feel like they have to retire at a certain date because, again, that that's, people are telling them, and, and maybe they've even had a, a personal experience where you know, maybe they lost someone who you know, didn't even didn't get to enjoy the years in retirement. They, they spent all this time sacrificing and, and saving for over the years. So I've seen that where you know, someone maybe went to retire and, and, and only lived a couple of years. And that's now changed the decision of people in their family. But when they would decide to retire... You know, I think yeah, you said about um, people maybe going back to work in retirement. I, I can actually think of my own personal example with uh, with my family and my father who retired and said he would never work again, and um, uh, he retired on a golf course. And uh, that was that was back this May here, uh, and it wasn't uh, a few months later. I got a call and uh, he said, "Hey, Ty, guess what? I uh, I'm I'm starting to to work at the golf course in the morning, cutting lawns." And and actually, that wasn't surprising to me you know it wasn't a financial decision for him but it was a a passion for him you know years yeah. went by when i was a kid growing up it was you know at a, a large lawn that he liked to cut and he was passionate he did an excellent job always and uh, he kept the lawn immaculate now to be able to go and do that on the golf course that he's playing on daily i think is really interesting so he gets to you know mingle that social aspect but also do something that brought him a lot of joy in his pre-retirement years yeah, that is a story I've heard before. A very good friend of mine, uh, uh, his father retired and uh, he was just golfing and uh, he was starting to get a little bit bored. And then he started working as a marshal at the golf course, <laughs> going around, making sure everybody was uh, moving. And, and it was he just loved it because it was a way for him to be around people and, and all that stuff. So let's talk uh, investments. One question that a lot of people have, say they're, you know, in their 50s or 60s, and they've been investing and they've been saving and their investment portfolio is a certain type. Maybe it's very aggressive. And obviously there's no one size fits all for everybody, but should people be changing their investment strategy as they go into retirement? Are there some basic rules for that? Well, this this is an answer that I think starts with it depends. <laughs> it's, right, <laughs> it's, really a, it's really a great uh, like a lot of the answers that I might give in my industry, but uh, it's a great time to really look at your investments to make sure that they're well structured. They're going to provide that desired income that you're going to require during your retirement years, while allowing you to you know rest easy at night. That your investments are well cared for. Uh, this generally comes with the balance of the longer-term investments we might think about that are taking care of the future you, and then maybe some shorter or mid-term investments that are taking care of the, the you today. You know, this year's been a challenging one for investors, uh, retirees especially. This might be a, a new degree of volatility that folks haven't seen, especially if they weren't invested through the financial crisis of 2008 or 2009. You know, it can be a good time to reflect and look at one's risk and decide what an appropriate amount of volatility one is comfortable with during their retirement years, while at the same time recognizing that some of us may need to undertake some degree of volatility to reach our retirement objectives. This is really a best time to be sitting with a financial advisor or a certified financial planner to get advice on what you should be considering to meet your retirement income objectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I think it it definitely is is a case where people should uh, get a hold of Golf and Fraser. Go to golfandfraser.com, uh 604-419 8888 and uh talk to somebody like Tyler McLean. He's a financial planner with 
uh, Golf and Fraser. And sort of what's the process like? Um, what do you recommend people do to start to, to start that ball rolling? Just maybe a, a quick conversation. Do you have do you can you meet through Zoom or do you meet in person? And, and, and what are the questions you ask? All of the above, Martin. It's uh, it's one of those uh, pivotal times where us as financial planners, you know, remember the simple things. We have uh, two ears, one mouth. We listen before we talk, <laughs> and it's it's allowing the individual just to uh, you know tell us the story, tell us what their um, what their retirement is going to look like, or what they hope what it would look like. Uh, telling us about what what their relationship is with money, and and that's you know that has a lot to do about their decisions about what they might uh, decide to do with their funds in the future, and then it allows us to say, as I you know said in our first se- segment there, that I, I haven't retired, but I've been through it you know dozens of times with individuals, so I can maybe shed some light on you know some some red flags that people might not be thinking about top of mind, some things that uh, others maybe. Uh, had to had to wait to find out instead of considering it earlier and, and could have made some decisions that would have set them up for success in retirement versus, um, you know, ending up in a precarious situation later down the road. Right. And and I don't know if you can talk to this, but what, what are some red flags, some examples of things that people uh, might not be thinking about when they're preparing for retirement? Yeah, there's well, there there are several, and some of them are not retirement specific. They are things that we should always be thinking about. But you know, I I can't tell you how many times I've seen people go towards retirement, and I'll I'll look at maybe a pension statement, and there'll be the spouses together, and and I'll see that the spouse is not listed as a beneficiary on you know maybe their pension or on other registered. Uh, plans that they have externally. Um, so that's something we check for uh, continuously to make sure that, you know, are your beneficiaries up to date? What about things like uh, the deeper planning, like, uh, you know, wills and power of attorney? Is that in place? So we, we think of a power of attorney, someone um, will, you know, that can act for you financially in the event uh, that you are no longer able to, or, you know, maybe through a cognitive disability, or just maybe you're traveling abroad and you get stuck somewhere like we saw through COVID, who could take care of your financial affairs um, while you're making maybe these different life decisions that you weren't doing while you were working. So, you know, maybe your power of attorney was your spouse. And I know this isn't a legal conversation, so always get legal advice. But maybe if you're traveling with your spouse often, should you have a different power of attorney to, um, you know, be able to make those decisions while you're traveling abroad with the person who is also able to make those decisions. So some of those red flags about, uh, you know, just that, that deeper planning, making sure that uh, you are caring for those that your your future self. Right. We're talking to Tyler McLean, a financial planner with Golf and Fraser, golfandfraser.com. We're talking about retirement. And I have a lot of friends I talk to, and you bring up the the concept of retirement and, and you can tell it, it, gives them some stress and they joke about how I, I, I can't afford to retire or I, you know, I'm, I'm on the freedom 95 plan or something. Uh, they, they say that they just can't retire. Um, what do you say to somebody who says I want to retire, but I don't think I can afford to retire? So that's uh, a, a question that I might ask with a question who has verified that for you. Right. Who, who has told you that, you know, I, I think of, our, ourselves making our, our, our self-diagnosis with a WebMD <laughs> diagnosis. <laughs> Should you maybe talk to your physician directly 
um, to to have a conversation about, uh, you know, what what is it that's making you feel like you couldn't retire today? What is your expectation of retirement? Is it that you read a sign somewhere that says you must have a million dollars to retire and you don't have a million dollars? I find with a lot of individuals, when you start breaking down what they could expect, and we can dig into a lot of those together, and it's not overly challenging. We make it quite easy for individuals, and they start to see, oh, this is my expected cash flow in retirement. You can see their eyes open to something that is possible. Maybe it's, oh, I'm only actually a couple years away, or wow, I actually could make that decision today. Or if I wanted to make that decision today, maybe it's just that it's not the cash flow expectation that I thought. Maybe I, I can expect a little bit less for monthly income, but I can still retire. It's something that I can, it's still achievable. So I would ask, who's verified that with you? Have they sat down with a professional, a certified financial planner to provide that guidance and, and just show you what it might look like to get to the finish line? And I'm guessing you would agree with this statement. It's never too early to start planning for your retirement. Never too early. And and likely, um, you know, some things have happened behind the scenes. We think of things like the Canada pension plan or maybe a, a company pension plan that you might have in place. Um, so things that you might think, geez, I've done no planning, but some of it has been just a bit on autopilot for years for you. And once you start seeing what, you know, what all these pieces look like, um, because it can be, like you say, it's overwhelming. It can be stressful. So how do we, uh, you know, f- folks like myself uh, in the industry, we try to help make that uh, complicated puzzle look a little less complicated and, uh, and, and give you a better illustration of what it could look like. Right. And, and what's the, I don't know if the, I'm, this is a tough question to answer. I'm throwing this out near the end. Uh, what is the biggest misconception that people have about retirement and uh, their finances and, uh, you know, uh, something you see all the time that, that might make people feel a little bit better? Well, I think it's, um, it, I think on my own planning that I do with the members of our credit union here, Martin, there's a bit of a disconnect I find from um, how long someone feels they, they may live and the decisions they make around that. So I like to plan for longevity. So I think of things like, you know, the Canada Pension Plan and the old age security. We were having the conversation earlier about deferring that. Uh, so, you know, often I'll hear from people, but I could die when I'm 75. And we know that that absolutely could happen. But, you know, what else are we planning for in our life that, that reflects that probably nothing else we plan for longevity so i think something that people often don't plan for is that longevity thinking beyond the you know best 10 years of our retirement what if we were to live 30 years 40 years into our retirement um you know i do a lot of my planning up till age 100 uh, and yeah. it's a lot of people look at me uh, a little bit sideways and say <laughs> I don't think that's uh, realistic, but I say I'd, I'd rather be wrong and we've been uh, conservative. But what if you live till 110? We got to make sure we get you to the, <laughs> to the, the, the finish line. So I think it's um, a bit of that um, misconception of, uh, of, of longevity through retirement. It's hard. If we could solve that, we would know exactly how much we'd spend and our last check would bounce. Uh, but we don't know that. And, and I like to put contingencies in place. Um, I think another piece that people often um, it can can be something can be a, either a red flag or a catch is knowing what happens to our saved assets over our years. Things like our RRSP, which becomes a retirement income fund, how that maybe rolls to a partner. But what happens when that last partner were to pass away or if we didn't have a spouse? Uh, 
the tax implications on what that can look like. I think that's another right. um, one that, that gets people quite often. And if they knew what that might look like in the future, uh, they can plan for things today uh, to make sure they don't leave uh, a big tax bill in their estate. I was sitting down with members uh, some time ago and um, they were the beneficiaries of their mother's estate. And there was quite a lot left in her retirement income fund. And they said, Tyler, how do we plan for this? There, there's a, uh, quite a large tax bill. And I said, well, unfortunately, that planning had to happen about 20 years ago. There's nothing we can really do today except pay the tax man. So it's it's challenging. And I think if we if we make some of those uh, planning decisions today, talking to a professional and, and having that advice uh, early, I think it's very helpful. A professional like Tyler McLean with Golf and Fraser. Go to golfandfraser.com or give them a call, 604-419-8888. Thank you, Tyler. This was a very helpful conversation. Appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Martin. You're very, very welcome. And when we come back, did you survive Tuesday's snowstorm? Uh, How much did it cost uh, the lower mainland? More than you might think. We've got that story when we come back right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and that big snowfall we had on the south coast and Vancouver Island on Tuesday proving to be expensive. And not just all those ICBC claims. You've probably seen the videos of all the cars sliding into each other. Quite the show. ICBC says they got over 3,500 claims just for that day alone on Tuesday. And while we wait for the total cost of Snowmageddon on Tuesday to be tallied up, the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives has come out with a report showing that the total economic costs of extreme weather events in BC last year, like the heat dome, the wildfires, flooding and landslides, cost somewhere between 10.6 and $17.1 billion to the province. But why such a big range between $10 billion and $17 billion? Well, the lead author of the report, Mark Lee, says actual data for many of the costs that they want to measure don't really exist, so they just had to estimate. Usually, when they look at the cost of a natural disaster, they go by the amount of money that the insurance companies had to cough up, the insurable losses. It's a definite number, and it's easy to count. These insured costs are usually damage to property and the price tag that the government has to pay to clean it all up. But obviously, just because something isn't covered by insurance doesn't mean it's not affecting people's lives and in many cases costing them real money. So this study went a little deeper. It included, for example, the lost income for workers due to businesses having to close, lost productivity, and specific impacts on communities. Mark Lee says this new number really underscores the costs of climate change, adding that the costs go far beyond just the losses that are insured. Van City Credit Union funded the research And it says it is committed to using financial tools to help communities become more resilient to climate change and extreme weather events. Grand Chief Stuart Phillip, the president of the Union of BC Indian Chiefs, 
also points out that indigenous communities are among the most vulnerable communities in the province. He says an overwhelming number of First Nations just aren't properly resourced to prepare for climate change disasters and adequately protect their communities. Mike Getz, the new mayor of Merritt, a city that was, of course, severely flooded in 2021, said repairs from that historic flood are still needed. And he hopes this new research from the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives will help them receive more funding from all levels of government. So I guess the bottom line is that this report shows us that we need to be better prepared. Just like all the footage that I saw on global news of cars sliding into each other on Tuesday night has shown us the need for good winter tires if you're going to be driving in snow. And that's it for this edition of Vancouver Consumer. We'll be back next Saturday at 2 p.m. We're here from 2 to 4 every Saturday. I'm Martin Strong. You can also get, always get a hold of me on Twitter at, at @MartyStrong. I want to thank our producer, Leo Coelho. The news is next on CKNW. Stay tuned. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.